We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Light years listeners, I'm, I'm so excited for this, Andy. It is official. There will be a Light Years draft party, July 29th, the night of the draft, when the Warriors are going to select Cade Cunningham. <laughs> um, we are we're throwing a party. I'm excited, dude. Dude, with the pandemic and everything, it's been so long since we've been able to do something like this. We've been wanting to throw this for over a year now. Obviously, that last year didn't go according to anyone's plans, but we are as excited as ever. We, we're both in the Bay Area. Uh, this is going to be at... Sam, this is going to be at... So let me give you the details, guys. Nope. It will be at Standard Deviant Brewery in San Francisco, which is at 14th and Mission. Pretty central location. Should be easy to get to for everyone. Super awesome brewery. Big warehouse space. Uh, if, you're, if you're worried about ventilation or anything, I mean, they open up the gates. It's basically an open space. Huge flat screen TVs over the place. Basically, we're going to watch the draft together, and then Andy and I are going to give live commentary between picks, particularly after the Warriors pick. And, and here's the best part, Andy. With each ticket purchase, you get a free drink upon entry. Andy Lou is buying everyone a free round. You buy a ticket, first drink on Andy. Uh, on top of that, we're also going to do free giveaways all night. That's everything from T-shirts to random merch to other stuff. There's going to be a lot of giveaways. We're going to make it interactive audience questions. When the Warriors draft Scotty Barnes, you know, if you got a question, Andy's ready to answer it, but we're really just trying to have a fun party here and, you know, get some hoop stakes into. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, we've been waiting for this for a long, long, long time. Sam even said, Jameson back. It's going to be coursing. I don't think he's had a sip of whiskey for months, but he's ready to go. So uh, no, this is uh, this is incredible. Uh, July 29th, 4 p.m. Doors at 4 p.m. Draft is at 5. You guys have watched the draft before. We want everyone to get there as early as possible, but the show starts at 5. We don't have control over it. Adam Silver is going to get up there and say, you're on the clock. Honestly, if the Warriors pick where we expect them to pick, they're probably going to be picking at about 5.30, 5.40. Andy and I will be speaking after that. We'll be giving our takes, positive, negative. You know, once the Warriors trade that number six pick for Anthony Davis, we'll be like, whoa, how'd that happen? I don't know. You know, you know what I'm getting at. Yep. So good times. Uh, the 29th, uh, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. We'll see everyone there. And I think we'll be coming up with tickets at some point here in the near future. 
So stay tuned for that. The event bright link will be on all social feeds shortly, guys. All right. And welcome to Light Ears. We are recording this after the Phoenix Suns have swept the Denver Nuggets. Andy, Jokic getting ejected there. What are your thoughts on that? Ah, just soft. Soft. What is that? I actually don't know (laughs) if you agree with me or not, but soft. Look, he... He was frustrated. It was obviously a frustration foul call. He swiped he down of, pretty hard. Yeah, pretty hard. It did look kind of bad. But again, I'm looking at it. I'm like, campaign didn't even get hit. Uh, he's on the floor flopping like LeBron. He thinks he thinks he like broke his head or something. Just unreal. And the other thing is like elimination game. He's the MVP. I mean, just give the guy some respect. Like just flagrant one, right? Like let him play. I just I can't. I, they would have lost anyway. Series probably wouldn't have gone more than five. The series was still, over. It was over. But still. Yeah. Come on. No Jamal Murray. Like we understand the circumstances. The Suns, by the way, are they the favorite right now? Considering, considering the Kyrie injury and the Nets all of a sudden no longer look like like I, I don't know if Kyrie or Harden are going to play in the playoffs. Are the Suns now the favorite? Oh man! Oh, is that what we're starting? Ooh, man! Well, the Suns, I think they they built they're building their team in a way. We'll get this what this podcast is about. That I think the Warriors can take some good. Uh, lessons from and it's it's good news for the Warriors I think is, is where you're trying to get to in terms of favorites for the postseason I don't know man if the if the Bucks get through it I I I really want the Bucks to win I just really want the Bucks to win and I think they're probably they may be they may have the best player if he gets through the Eastern Conference Finals yeah so so it brings us to our, our our point here so the Nuggets are undermanned we all know if Jamal Murray played it'd be a more interesting series I don't know if they win with Jamal Murray but you know, Composo versus Chris Paul and um, just what the the Nuggets had going in the backcourt versus Paul and Booker, just it wasn't going to work. Um, I, I don't know how they beat Portland. Uh, maybe Dame and CJ need to figure that one out, but that, that's another issue. Um, but I think the breakaway star and the one I think is of most relevance to us is DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, year three big man, Really, uh, he hasn't been the coming out star that the perimeter guys are, but I think he's been a revelation the entire playoffs. And I can't help but think of that in context of Wiseman, another raw big man who has had, let, let's just be real, he had a rough rookie year. What can we take from this? What, where are you at with DeAndre Ayton and kind of how it makes you feel about Wiseman? I had no, I had absolutely no idea DeAndre Aiden could do this. Maybe just because I wasn't too big of a fan of DeAndre Aiden. Maybe because I don't like watching DeAndre Aiden because he's not entertaining to watch, right? Like he's not in terms of a player and shoot threes, doesn't jump very high. He's a very efficient shooting little float shots, but like for a seven footer who could care less, he's a defender he's turned into, which I don't think people find that entertaining, especially not me for someone like DeAndre Aiden. But I think what he's done this postseason is he's changed the entire, I think, defensive, uh, uh, strategy for the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns might be the favorite, like you're saying, because of that defense. They have Mikel Bridges on the wings. Uh, they have Chris Paul at the point guard position. And I think DeAndre Hayden, the fact that he was able to guard Nikola Jokic one-on-one for a lot of this series, it really made it. I think the Warriors, when you look he at- He guarded Hayden as well as anyone, or sorry, guarded Wise, or guarded <laughs> Jokic as well as anyone I can think of. Yeah, I think like the cool thing about the Warriors when you watch uh, Draymond is that 
you know, he can guard a lot of guys one-on-one, but even when you double, they can recover. Right. But like that makes it a whole scramble and makes when you have, when you have loose guys like Kent Bazemore, they'll leave open three point shooters. Well, you know, what's easy if you don't have to double bigs, like you don't have to ever have to double, you can make it easy to play defense. And I think that's, what's been cool. Um, watching what Aiton's been doing. And I think maybe that's what the, like, maybe that's what the Warriors can take away from this. Sam is what I'm thinking defensively, right. Is that you can have someone that can anchor somewhat down low as the big five. I think that's what they're envisioning. And I think that's what you take away from this. If you're watching Aiton. That's definitely what they're envisioning when they're picking James. Wiseman. Like there's <laughs> no other way around. They're envisioning. There's yeah. nothing around that, but it's a question of how you get from this kind of unmolded ball of clay with talent to that. Um, on your point on DeAndre Ayton, the physical talent was always obvious. I did not know he had this motor. That's the thing that really impresses me with him. Um, he's a lot stronger than Wiseman. Um, and he was since day one. He, by the way, fun fact, he was older his rookie year than Wiseman is right now. He's a full year older than Wiseman, so he's a little more physically developed. But like he's the motor is just impressive. Like he, he uses all of his physical skills to the best of his ability to impact the game on the glass, impact the game defensively, impact the game offensively by finishing everything inside. And I agree with you. He's not an exciting player, but honestly, he's a wildly effective one. And one, the warriors have never had. And one, I would love to have something like that. So I guess my question for you is, how do you feel about big Jim compared to Aiden as a prospect? And like, do you think that's actually, cause we've seen people mention like, right. that's the trajectory on why he's going to go on. And I don't think it's really that clear cut, but I think it deserves a conversation, which is what we're going to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. I think the, I think the stuff that doesn't make sense is I think Aiden defensively was just so much better than I thought. And I think it's going to take Wiseman a bit to get there. I think it's going to take him a little bit. We'll, we'll see. I think Steve Kerr and company probably do a great job defensively more so than they do offensively. Right. So I think that bodes well for James Wiseman. Um, so he'll get better uh, defensively there. The offensive stuff I think is a lot different though. Wiseman seems to have very, very good hands. He kind of catches the ball wherever, right? Chris Paul, great passer. I think he's a better pocket Aiden, passer. No, Wiseman. What am I, what, dude? Me and you are doing the same thing. Yeah, Aiden's a great, great, uh, great hands. Like, yeah, great hands. Chris Paul gets it to him where he needs to get it to him. Um, also a great finisher. He's got incredible touch for a big guy under like eight feet. Uh, whether it be from the middle of the paint or that short corner, he just kind of flips it up, and I don't really see him ever miss, especially, especially in these playoff settings. We didn't see much of that from James Wiseman. Um. The I think the good thing about Wiseman is, from Aiden's perspective, never seen him shoot a three. So I don't know if he's ever going to have that, which is not great. Wiseman, we know that he's a great, great, great three-point shooter at his size, or he has a chance to be that, right? So, um, but I think the cool thing about Wiseman is that we just we just don't know. Like the hands, yes, yes, they weren't great last season, but I also didn't see him shoot many of those floater shots, like those little push shots, um, because I don't think he had many opportunities to do that because that's not what the Warriors' offense is about. But um, I think potential-wise, like, there's some stuff there. There's some stuff there that's similar. So so I, the biggest, there are two major differences. One, Aiton is just so much more physically developed. Like, he's just stronger. He's filled out his body. And that's been the case since day one. That does not mean Wiseman can't get there. That just means Aiton was one of those guys who was, like, muscular at a young age, right? That's kind of his body type. So I do think that helps Aiton in terms of banging bodies and not falling off balance. 
and uh, kind of doing like the Anthony Davis thing. Like, you know, Anthony Davis is just always on the floor. On some level, Wiseman's always on the floor, right? Uh, so Aiden's a little stronger. That helps. And then to your point, Aiden has just more developed hands, better hands. He knows how to use them. So for me, everything comes back to what the Warriors want to do with James Wiseman because we can talk about all the things Aiton has that Wiseman doesn't have, but let's talk about the things that Wiseman has that Aiton doesn't have. Wiseman's taller. Mm-hmm. Wiseman's longer. Wiseman has a better shooting touch. It's not consistent, but he hit more threes in his first year than Aiton's in his career. That, <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just true. Crazy. He's not a shooter. Um, I don't know that Wiseman... Wiseman's not there as a shooter, but there are signs he can be a shooter, which is important, right? Better handle, better handle. Throw that in there for me. Yeah, so it's like one thing Wiseman needs to work on, which is just going to take time, is getting stronger. Like you can't really rush the process of aging and getting stronger. But the second part of it, which comes back to the Warriors, is the Warriors have to have kind of a player development vision for him. And I feel like this entire year, their vision for him was non-existent. It was a lot of let's see what he can do and figure it out on the fly. Instead of you watch Aiton play, Phoenix has like a very clear role for DeAndre Aiton. It's like DeAndre Aiton, finish every lob and defend at a high energy and get rebounds. And they don't make it more complicated than that. Aiton's I'm sure Aiton feels like he can take guys off the dribble. I'm sure he feels like he should get some like mid post touches to go to work, but they don't do that. They don't do that because they're like, we want you to be, we want you to be an A plus at these three things instead of trying to do 10 things and being like a B minus at all. Now, you know, to be fair, the Phoenix Suns weren't doing that before the season. Um, They weren't a very good team. They didn't have CP3. They didn't have CP3, right? Uh, but they kind of just let DeAndre Ayton do whatever he wants. I mean, the Suns are kind of a mess of franchise, so we're not surprised. Uh, Monty Williams comes in, spectacular job. Uh, in my opinion, probably should have won coach of the year. But I think the, the part of that is DeAndre Ayton bought in. He bought in. He, was, he said, hey, I'm not a 2010 guy right now. And I don't need to be a 2010 guy for us to be a winning basketball team. And I don't need to be a 2010 guy to get Max either, by the way. He's oh, going to probably yeah. get Max this offseason. Oh, uh, because he's Sam Sources. He's because he's just a star in his role, right? He is spectacular so far. And I think that's that's hard to tell a kid, uh, especially at Wiseman's age at age 20, 19, 20, uh, to say, hey, like, dude, forget the theatrics. Just show up and just dunk and play good defense. That's tough. And so I think that's part of what the coaching staff is going to work on next season. I think that's okay. I think that's okay. I think a lot of it was mindset, right? I think a lot of those long twos that Wiseman took was a little bit of, a curse kind of let him kind of do what he wants, but Wiseman's also kind of like, Hey, I'm just going to do mine because this is what I know. I think the simplicity with what the Warriors are going to do with the next season is kind of be, is going to be similar to what the Suns are have done with Aiden. And it's kind of transforms Aiden's career. Did you think like before the season, what were you thinking about Deandre Aiden? Like, do you, did you think he was going to be a top 10 center? Like what was kind of your thought on Deandre? No, my, my thought on, actually, that is a fair point. Bef- yeah. I kind of thought Aiden was on a, Drummond trajectory where you're like, look, I know he has talent, but I think he's going to focus on the wrong things. Like, you know how like, like Andre Drummond is a very talented player, but Andre Drummond thinks of himself as (laughs) a post-up big, instead of just being like a monster who just finishes everything and plays with high energy. Right. And because of that, he's not necessarily that effective 
because he's not good enough. Like he's not good enough to play like Shaq is what I'm saying. Right. He should be focused on trying to be like a, a super Clint Capella. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's because you had stronger opinions about him before the season than me. So that's why I kind of bring that up. And I think it's so important. He could change someone's career. Uh, Andre Drummond has all the talent in the world to be a fantastic uh, rim running big. And I think a good example of this is Dwight Howard is another one where a great example. Yeah. It's just, he's a guy that fantastic hall of fame player. Um, but a lot of his career, he spent saying, I want to be Shaq, <laughs> right? right? I, I, I want to be Kareem. I want to be, I want to be like, that Kareem. sort of thing. Yeah. 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 These guys were, it's just, that's not who you are. And Dwight was probably ahead of his time. Like prime Dwight would be like Rudy Gobert times a thousand. Just, just oh, incredible, yeah. right? Like just incredible. Because he and can like, actually switch anything. And I, yeah. God, like he's just super athleticism. Like Dwight could jump. Like Gobert can't move, but he's just still fantastic. I mean, excuse me, can't jump, but it's still fantastic defensively. Which Gobert, I think, is another person to look at if you're James Wiseman, right? You're watching this playoff series and, and you're thinking as a Warriors fan that if you got a seven-foot center that can that can grab, you know, possess gravity towards the rim as he rolls. Uh, and then he's also defending. Uh, he's also able to anchor your defense and rebounding at the five. Like that's that's pretty sweet. Um, we're not going to talk about timeline. We're not going to talk about timeline on this podcast. I think no. just as a vacuum, um, you look at those players and you're like, we had Sam Vecini on before the season. And we said, we asked him like, what's your kind of thoughts on James Wiseman? And he said, you know, we could see him being like a Clint Capella type, like a, a, a supercharged Clint Capella type, which Clint Capella is pretty damn good. Like that series against the Hawk, uh, against the Knicks, Clint Capella was one of the largest reasons why they won that series. Um, just, just oh, he defensively. Made, yeah. He made Julius Randle look awful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to your point, that's, that's kind of the second thing I wanted to do. Aiton's getting all the headlines in the playoffs because young and, you know, the Suns are maybe the best story going right now, but um, you could throw in Gobert and Capella into this as well. Two bigs who have a very clear role and who are be very effective and important to their teams because of it. And by the way, I think I think Wiseman can do more than those guys over time. But the real question for the Warriors is, can you make Wiseman productive in a defined role? You know, where his job is to play with high energy, to protect the rim, to rim run, and to hit some threes. Can you do that? Because this year I saw a guy who it's almost like he, he didn't know what he wanted to do at most of the times. Yeah. And that's, that's troublesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was the scary part. And I think part of that too, is just, I think he was just always destined to look bad um, as a rookie that that was a tough part. He's just young and, and no training camp and all the stuff, COVID and all that. So I want to talk myself back on the James Wiseman bandwagon. I don't know if I was ever off actually, but I, I want I see good things ahead. I think because I think your point of, of, doing this podcast today and you come up with all the rundowns of the audience doesn't know is that we want to think of James Wisen as having the potential to be the anchor defensively, like all these, all these fives, all these fives. And if you've got Steph and clay out there, you know, season or two from now, I think that that makes like Chris Paul with Devin Booker. I mean, like those guys are just like those well, guys. And, are I, good. and I think the, the interesting thing is, is okay. So some of our listeners are going to be skeptical. Some of them just don't see the potential in Wiseman sure. and that's sure. fine. If you want the Warriors to win, your goal should be for them to get more out of him so that you open doors. Like, let's just say you don't think Wiseman's going to be that guy. Yeah, you're not that guy. Anyway, uh, 
sorry, that video cracks me up. Uh, but like, let's just say you think that the only way you're going to get trade value is if they make Wiseman a productive player. It's like what we were talking about with like the Giants on Friday. It's not that like half these players that the Giants are like building up or like going to be the future. It's that they know that these are players who, if they build value out of them, they can trade for something else. They can get more player. You know what helps opens doors for you? Having more good players. It's that simple. So we can argue that they should have took LaMelo. We can argue that they should do X, Y, and Z. But the most important thing is make Wiseman productive. And then we can evaluate what your options are. Because you know what doesn't help? Wiseman being terrible and everyone thinks he's a bust. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that there is a level of talent with Wiseman that he's not going to bust. And I think he's on a, on, a, on a franchise that's too good for that. Right? Like if he was on... Ah, give me a bad team here. Give me, give me, a, give me a horrendous team that will probably nuke his development, um, right? Like I, I would say he's not going to make it in the league. Like if he was on, on the me, worst. You, <laughs> no, no, come on, come on. Like, like if he was on a team that just kind of didn't like had kind of no direction and just didn't know what they were doing and was awful and was also awful. Like that's the main point. Like if maybe you can argue that if James Wiseman played thirty minutes this season, um, that he would have developed better on a bad team. I don't know if I disagree with you. But I do think the Warriors are in a little bit of a decent situation where they can next season put them in a 15-minute role to do two things. Sure, and you want more than 15 minutes out of him. So I guess my question for you here is this is, this is the overarching thing. We, we know what we want, which is him buying into a role and excelling at it and then slowly expanding the role. What are the things that – let, let me put it this way. What are you expecting to see from Big Jim? Or what are you expecting to see from the Warriors next year? That's going to get you there is the better Biggie, question. Biggie Jim, Biggie Jim. What are um, you expecting? What, what do you think the Warriors can do to get him there? And that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they need to put a playmaking guard next to him at all times offensively. That's number one. That's one, an, an important one. Um, Jordan Poole, maybe. Uh, a veteran Stephen, guard, Stephen, Stephen Curry, maybe. But you, true, I like. I'm I'm thinking of James Wiseman as a as a guy that is going to play a lot with Steph, but is also going to play a lot off the bench. Like he might be a second unit guy too. So I think like you may have to be, like you cannot pair him up with Brad Watermaker. Is what I'm trying to say. You just you you cannot pair him up and, with and a guard is, that can't get to the. And hole. this is an overarching roster thing. <laughs> yes. Steph Steph Curry is all time. Jordan Poole looks like a player. They still need at least one more playmaker because because. Uh, James Wiseman is a is a play finisher. Play finisher. You need someone who's going to create around him. Otherwise, he's just going to do a really bad Giannis impression of trying <laughs> to create from the three point line. And, and and I think dirty secret, maybe you lessen the minutes with him and Draymond because hey, like the Draymond lobs are really cool. I get it, but you kind of need that kid to play with some spacing, and Draymond doesn't afford him that spacing, and it makes it really really hard on James Wiseman. So if you can put pull clay off the bench you can put another veteran shooter wing guy right like if you can surround wiseman with some spacing some guys that can get it get him the ball at the rim like i think that's nice right i think offensively that's what you do maybe i'll let you take what he could do defensively i think offensively that's pretty freaking important for them to get him some spacing and make life a lot easier because i don't think it's easy they didn't make it easy for him last season i actually want to focus on offense because the one thing i've noticed with him is like when he's playing well he defends better um yeah you, you know you, for kids yeah it's, it's a young Talking player thing yeah. let him get a little confidence and he's going to defend a little better like you're not going to speed up the growth 
growing pains. That's just, you're just not, it's, it's a thing that's going to happen with young players. But one thing you can do is put them in a situation to succeed, which goes back to the point, put them in pick and rolls, let them feel good about himself. Let them take a couple threes here and there, and then watch his effort pick up on the defensive end. Yeah. When you're seven feet, eight with a nine, eight wingspan, like effort is usually enough on defense. Now I would argue, I would push back on that a little bit, Sam. There were some stuff with Wiseman last season that I feel like his defense was, was too much. Uh, oh, I'm supposed to do three things. Like here's what I, here's what Rudy, here's how Rudy Gobert plays defense, which is, you know, really defensive player, the uh, defensive player of the year level uh, talent or, or play. That's how I should be playing. And he would just not understand how to do that. I do think that was a problem, but you're right. I think effort probably fixes a lot of that with him where it's, it just you just gotta you gotta play harder and, and for you to play harder, life on offense has to be a little bit easier. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so let's let's get to the broader point then. Um, who is going to be most responsible for James Wiseman taking a step that matters next year? Not just taking a step that matters that come playoff time next year, he is a player who can, you know, you feel comfortable. Like, he doesn't have to be the starter, but you feel comfortable that he can give you minutes. Ooh, God, you're just you're throwing, throwing bombs at me. That's tough. Um, I want to say, I want to say it's... Um, I want to say it's so who worked with James Wiseman this season? Who was his developmental coach? Right. I think whoever that DeMarco. person is. Yeah. DeMarco DeMarco and, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, Gio Robertson, maybe. But I, I did. Yeah. We did hear it was is Chris DeMarco. That was the main guy that worked with him all season long. Um, is he the coach for James Wiseman next season? I think that's most important. Um, I don't know who Phoenix's coach or who's the, the development guy for DeAndre. Ayton. I don't know who James Wiseman's personal trainer is or whoever that guy is. But I think whoever the Warriors developmental coach for James Wiseman is, that guy is going to be in charge, I think, of putting Wiseman in the same situation because he's going to have to do a couple of things. He's going to have to tell James Wiseman, hey, like you're not a 25 per points per game player right now. We don't need you to do You're that. not Anthony Davis. You <laughs> No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yes. Right? We don't need that yet. And then number two, it's um, what do you need to do on the court? Like what are the – because Steph is not going to be able to help him do those things. Does Steph know how to play defense as a seven-footer? No. Like, what would Steph know about that? I mean, Draymond, Steph loves yeah. trying to chase blocks, which is like one of my favorite things, but your point stands. Yeah, so I think that guy is going to be pretty important, or gal is going to be pretty important. How about, what do you think? I agree with you, and I want to take it uh, a step higher. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr has to be bought into the development plan as well. Steve Kerr has to live with him making specific mistakes, but he has to have a very 
finite plan for him. So it's, it's never one coach. It's like the whole coaching staff. I, I, I think the overarching point we're getting at is the coaching staff has a better plan for him. Honestly, they didn't have a plan for him this year. That much is very obvious. Crazy they, have to, that's what that's they have to have a specific plan for him and they have to execute on the plan. Like we talked about in the last podcast, the Giants have a plan and top to bottom, they execute it. The Warriors, it's a lot of let's figure it out on the fly. We're not really sure. And you know what? We can give them a little bit of a pass because they haven't been there, but um, they got to have a plan. They got yeah, play. I think I think they have a good plan when it comes to like if they get veteran players. If you told me that they get Serge Ibaka and Nico Batum somehow, <laughs> not saying they do, but somehow they get them, plan works. It's gonna be fantastic. That team is gonna be fantastic. I got that's a, that's a top four team in the West next season. But if we're talking about, <laughs> you don't seem convinced. But if we're talking about a, a put a veteran team playoff team together and then also develop a young five, I'm with you. Now I'm with you. They've not shown that they can do that, but maybe Clay makes it easier. I, 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 I just think it's not hard to give James Wiseman a lesser role. I, I just think it's not hard, right? Like, it's not hard to say, Wiseman, you only should be doing these things. Shoot threes, screen, run to the rim, and then just be at the right place on defense. Like, those three things to me are the most important. I think defensively to me is probably the most important to stay on the floor. But those three things are not that difficult to say that you need to do. What's difficult is you need to make reads on offense. That's difficult. Nobody knows how to do that. Like nobody in the NBA as a big knows how to do that. Besides, Yeah, he's not, he's not Nicholas Jokic. Yeah, like, dude, like that guy's fucking, he's a damn genius out there. Yusuf Nurkic, who's a decent big in the league, doesn't do that. Like he only does a couple things. And he's, he's a good NBA big. Like that's, why, why did I bring up Nurkic? Save me, Sam, save me. But your point stands. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, so I guess it's simplify the role, make him maximize himself in the role, and let's go from there. That's the thing I'm seeing. That's the thing I'm seeing watching Phoenix. DeAndre Ayton doesn't do anything fancy. He just excels at the basics. And that's really what we want to see from Big Jim at this point. That's it. Yeah, and I think that bodes well if he's able to do a lot of those things for, for next year or the year after. I think the other thing is, too, I guess one more comp I'll make with the Suns is that CP3 is like 36 years old. Looks fantastic. Shoulder looks healed. <laughs> Shoulder looks healed. He looks it pretty good look out healed. there. Yeah, it looks pretty good out there. Mikhail Bridges, not a dime a dozen 3 and D guy, but like you, you think that the Warriors could get some facsimile of that at some point in the next year. Or, or Jay so. Crowder. Or Jay Crowder. <laughs> Love Jay Crowder. I mean, you should be getting a Jay Crowder every year. Like that's a guy that you should be able to get. Um, Devin Booker, look, they don't have Devin Booker. Right. But you think like maybe Clay Thompson, you know, has some of that level of impact. Hopefully he gets a lot healthier. Right. Um, and then they have Draymond Green, who, you know, depending on who you talk to or what week we're talking about, Draymond Green, high impact player. Um, so I think there's a comp there to be made if you're talking about these Phoenix Suns that the Warriors can get to. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. I'm just trying to be optimistic. And I think that's fair. I, I do agree with you. It starts, though, with having a, a very coherent plan for the young players. And that's just what we want to see going into next year. So we'll leave it here. I uh, would love to hear from you guys what you want to see from Big Jim going into next year.